When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN.com Giants reporter, and we're here with the roster ranking episode. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over here in the opening segment whether the Giants are better, worse, or the same at each position group, right? And the reason we're doing that is because we're going to talk to ESPN NFL and fantasy analyst Mike Clay in a bit. And Mike Mike Clay, if you ask me is the best in the business when it comes to making projections, right? Very analytical approach, uh, but he also involves the human element of it also, which I think is important. So you add his football knowledge and the analytical side to it, and he puts it together for projections, which I think are generally a great guideline for what each team has. Now, hint, Mike still does not have the Giants in the top half of the league in regards to their roster. And he goes over individuals, uh, team, schedule, uh, each individual unit. So it's all there and it's all put together. And still, not a great overall team. Headed in the right direction, yes. Better than last year, I believe so. We'll get to that in a minute. I want to see just how much. Are they significantly better? appreciably better, minusculely better, worse, the same, go position by position. But first, my point of taping this part of the podcast on Thursday was to be, okay, I'll do it after OTAs, and I'll come here and I'll tell everybody what I saw, I'll give you little nuggets. But guess what? Smoke, haze, the smell of fire, it's still lingering in the area from the Canadian fire, uh, forest fires. And it really has put a halt on a lot of sports and outdoor activities in the area. Now, the Giants weren't even having OTA practice. This is really what, what makes me scratch my head. Weren't even having their OTA practice outside on Thursday. It was supposed to be inside in their field house. Now, we were in there because we talked to the coordinators, you know, 9 o'clock in the morning. And we were in there, and it got a little bit hazy, a little bit. And the reason probably might have been, maybe, my opinion, was the garage door in the back was open. So it's, it, wasn't, it wasn't a completely closed environment to keep the filtered air in there. But tomato, tomato, the bottom line is Giants canceled OTA number 9 on Thursday, going to cancel OTA number 10 on Friday, and then we're going to get into next week when they have mandatory minicamp. First, though, this weekend, keep your eyes and ears open. Expect to hear from Saquon Barkley for the first time. Obviously, Saquon, contract situation. So let's see what he feels happened and where he stands. When can we expect Saquon Barkley to show up and be in camp? That's a question that we don't definitively know the answer. We might get it. We, we should have a better idea by the end of this week, weekend. And I'll talk about it. We'll get into full detail on this subject early next week. So look for another podcast early next week, maybe even Monday. Okay. But in the meantime, 
what I want to do here is I want to go over the Giants position by position, position group at least, see if they're better, worse, or the same. Now, we'll start with quarterback, and to me, they're the same. You have Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor. Now, I know you say Daniel Jones is in year two in this system. He was that good in year one. He should get better. But he was so efficient last year. Used his legs so effectively. You're talking about the guy who was sixth in the NFL in QBR. So, yeah, he could be better in other areas. The likelihood is he, you know, he, what, do five interceptions? Likelihood is he's going to throw more interceptions, have more turnovers. You know, maybe he'll hit more plays, more big plays, because he has more weapons around him. His, his numbers should be better, but doesn't necessarily mean he's going to play significantly better. I, I, I expect him to likely play around the same level, which is around top 10 level in the NFL of all quarterbacks. But yet, that, his numbers will be bigger. I mean, he has better supporting cast. He has more familiarity. So still, to me, that's about the same. Running backs... I'm going to call it the same. The Giants are probably slightly a little better depth-wise but, but because they got drafted Eric Gray in the middle rounds. But Saquon Barkley's back. He's healthy. He's pretty much the same. Well, he's not back yet, but he's going to be back eventually. You know, he the Giants obviously have not made plans to move forward without Saquon Barkley. So he's going to be there. You know, last year they had, what, Matt Breda and Gary Brightwell behind Saquon. So actually, you know what? I'm going to put them as a little better. A little bit better. Slightly, okay? Slightly better. They should be this year running back. They have more depth. Uh, Young running backs, that's one position where you can step in and make an immediate impact. Offensive tackles. Here's the spot where I think they'll be significantly better. Now, not because the talent changed, because you're in year two now of Evan Neal. He played as one of the worst tackles last year in the NFL. I expect him to be better. Now, it doesn't mean he's an all-pro player like Andrew Thomas, who... I think we've come to expect that kind of play from Andrew Thomas now. He won't be an all-pro this year, Evan Neal. But even if he's closer to average, that's significantly better than they got last year. And that's huge. Because they should have two really good tackles and good tackle play. And that's necessary because the interior of the offensive line I have is the same. I know you say they drafted John Michael Schmidt in the second round, and I get it. But their guards are the same. Talking about Mark Lewinsky, and then you have Ben Bredesen and Josh Azudu. I don't have... As much hope on Azudu right now after his last year and the injuries he had uh, and you know the struggles he had when he was actually on the field, and he's more of a mid-round pick, so obviously a le- considered coming into the league a lesser talent than Evan Neal. I'm not as optimis- optimistic he's going to make that jump. So the interior of the line, and Schmitz, I know you're like, what, he's a second-round pick? If he has a successful year and he plays as an average center, which is really good for him, I think if you come in as an offensive lineman and you play as an, as an average center, that's a win. That's a good step in the right direction. Now, obviously, they're in better shape at center moving forward for the future, clearly. But this year, just this year, 2023 compared to 2022, he, you know, he's probably going to be comparable to what the Giants received in John Feliciano and Nick Gates. That's John Michael Schmitz as a rookie. Now, maybe he's a little better, but for the most part, I think that's probably the same. Now, tight end, okay, significantly better. Obviously, this is their big addition, Darren Waller, right? He's the guy who's their big play guy now. He's their guy, should be their number one receiver now. Has a 1,000-yard seasons under his belt. Sure, injury risk, no doubt. But Daniel Bellinger is there as the backup. Last year, Daniel Bellinger, as a rookie, was their starter. So infinitely, infinitely better at tight end and ta- and hopefully offensive attack. All right? Now you have wide receiver. Okay? Last year, they went into the season with... Tony, Cradarius Tony, Sterling Shepard, 
again coming off a major injury. Uh, Darius Slayton, who is buried. Richie James, right? David Sills was in that mix. Colin Johnson was in that mix. Now the Giants have, okay, they have Slayton back. They drafted Jalen Hyatt, who could be, while a rookie shouldn't, I'm not expecting huge things. I am expecting some big plays from him. So that's a skill that he gives them. They have Shepard and Wandale. I didn't mention Wandale in the last one, but he's back. They're, but they're coming off injury. They signed Paris Campbell. They have Isaiah Hodgins, who they picked up mid-year last year, right? Uh, they still have Sills. They still have Colin Johnson. So they signed Jamison Crowder. So you're talking about a lot of strength by numbers. Better, still not great. Still lacks a number one. Still lacks anyone that's going to scare anybody, you know, in regards to we need to guard this guy on all at all costs. We, we can't stop it from catching 10 balls. That guy is not on this roster, but still better. So now, look, on offense, I have quarterback and interior offensive line the same. I have running back, offensive tackle, and wide receiver. As Let's consider running back the same because it's a small difference just adding Eric Gray as a rookie. But you have tight end, as long as Waller's healthy, infinitely better. Offensive tackle, infinitely better. Everything else the same. Okay. Defensive-wise. Defensive line, uh, obviously Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence still there. Nick Williams was a guy last year. DJ Davidson was a guy last year. He got injured. Both of them got injured, so that was part of the problem. Now they added Leonard. Yeah, I still have Leonard Williams, still have Dexter Lawrence. They added uh, Nunez Roches and uh, Sean Robinson. Okay, so better, slightly better. They get back G- the DJ Davidson drafted. Uh, Jordan Riley from Oregon late in the draft. So they're better. They're deeper. A little bit. A little bit better. Not where it should make could make the biggest difference in the world, but it should help them be more consistent in stopping the run. Okay. Outside linebackers, you have Thibodeau in his second year, which should be a difference. And Ojolari, you hope he stays healthy, but I don't know if you can count on that right now. Uh, Jihad Ward, Toman Fox, was an undrafted rookie. So they're pretty much the same. Even though I expect Thibodeau to make a jump, I still have questions about this group. I can't say it's appreciably better. I'm going with the same. Interior linebackers, however, remember they had to cut Blake Martinez before next year. So now you're replacing him with Bobby Okereke. You had Tay Crowder last year. Now you have uh, a battle between Jared Davis, Micah McFadden, and Darian Beavers for that spot aside Okereke. But still, forget that. That's still bad. That's still tough. Still not in great shape in that spot. But Okereke, huge upgrade because they didn't have Blake Martinez at the beginning of last year. So much better at inside linebacker. Cornerback, you're adding Deontay Banks. You're hoping, and I, I have some hope for Cordero Flott that he could be a player in this league. He flashed a little bit last year. Less hope about Darnay Holmes in the slot, uh, but... You have Deontay Banks now to pair with the Dory Jackson. Obviously, Dory has to stay healthy. Uh, Banks is replacing Fabian Moreau. To be fair, Moreau played all right last year. And Banks is probably going to play at a similar level as a rookie. But obviously, they're in much better shape for the future. So I don't think they're really that much different at cornerback. You could cross your finger and hope as, I mean, Deontay Banks plays that way as a rookie. But let's just say for this purposes, they're the same there. They're a little worse 
at safety because they lost Julian Love and what they didn't really replace him, right? They drafted a Owens out of Houston in the seventh round. Then you're hoping guy like Jason Pinnock or Dane Belton or Bobby McCain, who they signed as a free agent, can fit that role spot. But I don't think either of them are going to play as well as Julian Love played last year because he was he was a quality starter last year, above average starter at safety. And you're hoping you can get that from one of those guys, but you're certainly guessing. So one position, one position, one position group I have the Giants worse at really than last year, and that's safety. You know, Xavier McKinney on one side, and if you get him to be healthier and play a full season, remember he broke his hand with that ATV accident in Cabo. If you get a healthy version of him, you might not even be worse there either. But let's say they're worse at that position. So I got them better at offensive tackle, tight end, wide receiver, defensive line a little bit because of depth, uh, and inside linebacker. And the only possess five positions. The only position I have them being worse talent-wise going into the summer is safety. So five positives, one negative. Seems like the roster is better. That this is should be a better, more talented Giants team than last year. Also, in year two of the system under Brian Dable and Mike Kafka, year two of the system under Wink Martindale. Reasons for hope, reasons for optimism. Let's check in with Mike Clay. On to the next one. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, let's bring on Mike Clay here, uh, NFL and fantasy writer. We bring him on, I think this is like the third or fourth year in a row, Mike. We get we, we bring you on around this time for, you know, go over kind of your projections. Uh, so welcome back. We appreciate you coming on as always. Yeah, yeah, it's good to be here. Um, I, I feel like, you know, I, I come on and we talk about the Giants and there's often a lot of pessimism, but uh, they're starting to head the right direction, right? So maybe a little bit of a positive spin this year. Maybe we could have a little, little fun talking about you, the Giants. I didn't look it up, but what do you what do you, uh, do you remember? Like what what was your what was your projection last year? I guess oh, so good, it, it had good to question. Five. Yeah, well, yeah, it it was lower. It was lower than what they ended up with. For sure, they they overachieved. I think we uh, can all agree. Uh, I, I in terms of preseason expectations, by most they were better than expected. So did not have them in the playoffs. So uh, yeah, they did they did better. What they do with the playoffs? Ten eight and one last year. So uh, yeah, it was, it was a good season. We were tied nine or nine seven and one. But yeah, still, I mean, that's pretty good compared to what we expected from the Giants last year. No doubt, right. So we'll see. We'll see what happens this year. 
So I'm actually, let's talk about this year. So I'm looking for, first of all, let's go over your projections for a second. Tell me how much sure. of this, because so, we're about to discuss Mike's projections. You can find them. You search, uh, you know, Mike Clay projections. You'll find projections for all 32 teams, every, every basically significant player in the NFL. How much of it is based on analytics? How much do you put uh, human input into it? Tell me what goes into the process real quick of uh, your putting together your projections. Yeah, so it's uh, it's definitely a marriage of the two, right? I don't think you could possibly do good prognostication of the NFL without a human touch, right? And some of that is using people like you, like you know, who are around the team and report on, uh, you know, player X is going to play more this week. Player X is probably not going to make the team. You know, like things like that are, super important and that moves the needle right like if i see jordan renan tweet that uh you know whatever gary brightwell is going to pass out matt breed on the depth chart you know i i'm going to take a look at that see if it makes sense and, and then make that adjustment in the projection model right so um all that kind of stuff is factored in there's obviously a level that's that's quantitative behind the scenes that a lot of that is kind of like regressing rate stats like you know a guy could average five and a half yards per carry that's not really going to be repeatable the next year so that's why you might be at like 4.6 or 4.7 something like that so there's a level of that that goes on and i work on that uh in the off season looking at league trends team trends coordinator changes play caller changes all that kind of fun stuff so there's a lot to it we could talk about it probably for a couple hours if we really wanted to get into the weeds but uh it really is a marriage so give you a percentage how much would you would you guess that it's uh qualitative based compared Compared to, you know, yeah, um, that's, that's a tough, that's a tough one because some of it is like projecting what share of the carries, uh, Saquon's going to get. And so some of that's based on what he's done already. Right. And looking at historical trends of, uh, of the Barkley or feature backs, but also, you know, again, reading the tea leaves, marrying those two things. Like, again, let's say you reported they're going to use them. They're gonna, he's going to carry the ball less this year, but have more passing game involvement. I'll make some manual adjustments. So uh, I, it's it's hard to put a number on that just because there's the that touch of all things, you know, both sides. But I would say, you know, whatever. If you want to say 50-50, we could say 50-50. Yes. That's fine with me. Split right down the middle. <laughs> I actually find it interesting. Uh, it just happened to look. You're looking at the schedule. So we have the uh, winning probability of each game. You can see why the schedule much harder this year. The Giants win probability, so essentially they're going to end up probably being underdogs, at least if spreads were put out right now, in what, six of the first eight games. That makes it a much, much more difficult schedule. And how much do you think, how much does that go into the fact that uh, of what these projections are? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's going to move the needle for sure. Um, the NFC does have a tougher schedule. Uh, you know, a big part of the Eagles' success last year was that they had a, just a walk in the park uh, schedule. Um, Giants felt some of that as well. Right. Uh, well but again, like, dude, really, that's one of the, the, oh, yeah, the AFC South and the NFC North, which were two of the you know, uh -huh. lesser divisions for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And it's going to be a little bit tougher this year. And you mentioned that early on schedule for the Giants here, right? Dallas and then Arizona, you're going to dodge. Uh, that's on the road, but they're going to dodge Kyler Murray, right? And then Zach Ertz as well, most likely. And then, uh, you know, the Niners, Seahawks. The, at least two out of the first eight yeah. Giants are probably, <laughs> if they had a spread right now, are favored. And so that's actually. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. And then they got, then they have three on the road in a row after that. So it's, you're right. The first half, even two thirds of the season is going to be, uh, to be tough. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so what do you, what's your take when you went and looked at the Giants roster? What, what, what were your initial thoughts? How much better? Or do you think it's better? 
Yeah, I mean, I think they're trending in the right direction. I have them graded out better than in past years, but probably closer to mid-pack and on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, the offense has obviously some highs. Daniel Jones took a leap forward. You have one of the best running backs in the NFL. Traded for Darren Waller, one of the best tight ends in the NFL, though he's been injury plagued. Um, you know, offensive line for me, I still, you know, they relative to the other teams in the league, I have them a little below average, but there's obviously some potential there. Uh, with the you know the younger tackles and obviously they address the center position, uh, but what kind of drags their grade down really is the unknowns of wide receiver. And honestly, I kind of want to interview you uh, on the wide receivers because I want to know. I, I you know I've talked about this on on the Fantasy Focus podcast a few times this off season. Uh, you know I I go unit by unit and project everything right every position on offense, kickers, punters, returners, defenders. You know whether it's linebacker safeties, I'm going unit by unit. I think the hardest one to handicap right now. Uh, and has been the case all offseason is the Giants receivers because of all the injuries and the unknowns. Uh, like, yeah. I, I don't know. I like, I don't know who's going to be their top three in week one. I, I it's, it's that's have. a tough one. Let me, let me give people a little quick run there. You have four guys Sterling Shepard, Isaiah Hodgins, Paris Campbell, and Wondell Robinson all in the 400 yard range, right? Uh, mm-hmm. with I guess Shepard with the leading re- receiver in the projections at 457. I am a little surprised. Darius Slayton is at the bottom here with only 137 yards receiving. I'm surprised that it's actually that low because he's a guy who really, no matter how much they don't like him, has consistently ended up with about 700 yards receiving. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you're right. and um, rate, But the reason for that, right, is that everyone else is hurt. So uh, I guess if we're betting on that again, that's fine. I mean, they, they tried to add more bodies here, but it's really quantity over quality, right? I mean, to Paris Campbell, obviously. Uh, Jalen Hyatt. Uh, so, you know, I don't even have Jamison Crowder making the 53 on this projection at, at this point. But obviously, if Sterling Shepard and Wandale start on uh, PUP, that'll be different. So yeah, you're I, I, you're right. You're right. It's tough. It's really tough. so tough because you do have Shepard and Robinson both. They're, they're big unknowns right now, right? Yes. Right. Uh, they're, they're coming back from knee injuries. But when do they get back? We don't know for sure. And like, do the Giants bring them along slowly? Do they... You know, does either of them begin on pup or injured reserve, or do they want to work Wandell Robinson in slowly and they have Paris Campbell gets a majority of those steps? And I think that's not really something we're really going to find out until at least or have a clue of until at least the sum. So mm-hmm. uh, I get why you have that. And I really can't give you an answer of like, okay, no, this is the guy that I think you should feel confident about. I do think that the guy that I feel confident about is going to get a significant opportunity first right now is Isaiah Hodgins. I really think that they like him on the outside and he's the guy that he's going to get that opportunity to be one of their starting outside wide receivers. Yeah. He, he looked really good last season and it's, it's unbelievable because you think about the bills, right? He was on the bills roster, just played a handful of snaps early last season and, uh, you know, they cut him. And that was a team, remember, that needs receivers. They had problems at receivers. They signed Cole Beasley out of retirement. And, yeah. and that's a team that felt like Hodgins wasn't good enough to to stay on that 53-man roster. And then he goes to New York and suddenly becomes a, a pretty good player. So I'm just kind of curious if, you know, he holds up and, and can repeat that. Or, uh, you know, I mean, they did go out and re-sign Shepard and bring in Paris Campbell and draft high. like it, it was somewhat of a priority so it, it's he's interesting like is he the real deal or not this is a guy that's only played a handful of games in three years in the NFL yeah I also feel like I'm, I watching I understand Wanda Robinson and Shepard are not practicing now but watching the spring 
I just get the feeling that Paris Campbell is going to be a guy that's also going to get a pretty significant opportunity. And the opportunity is there. We'll see if he could take advantage of it. He really didn't during his time in Indianapolis. But maybe this is just a better situation for him. Uh, but I do feel like the Giants really like him. They invested him. I know it's only one year, but uh, I don't know. Those are the two guys that probably stick out to me the most on the Giants. I also think that Slayton will do more than you have him projected as here just because he always seems to like we know he's a he is what he is right he's he's a he's a decent serviceable quality type receiver and i don't know he gets his every year i just I, yeah until until I, I thought last year was the year if you predicted 137 i'd be like that's too hot but yeah he's yeah i mean this is a leading receiver again and then we're all we all sit here and we're looking stupid like well he, he rose to the top again, you know, like we, we, sh- we should have learned our lesson, Mike. So, yeah, I, I'm here. Yeah, I just, you know, where I where I got stuck was I looked at weeks one through four last season, actually weeks one through three at zero targets. Uh, and then Shepard Shepard got hurt. The rest, he was a healthy. Yeah, yeah. That's how low on the totem pole he was. But think about this. He worked himself back into the mix to the point that the Giants wanted to re-sign him. Right. And paid him. What six million dollars this year? Twelve million over two years? Something along those lines. Uh, so he obviously earned their trust more than significantly more than he had last year. Fair, fair enough. So you'd say it sounds like uh, if Shepard and Robinson are unavailable in Week One, you're probably looking at Hodgins, Slayton outside, Campbell in the slot, and, and Hyatt as the four. Probably maybe Jamison Crowder is the four, depending on how Hyatt develops. It's probably how you're. I think so. you're looking at it right now. I'm just not as high on Shepard. Shep coming off those two consecutive injuries, I just have doubts. You know, when you tear your ACL, Achilles first, and then your ACL, like, we know, first of all, can he stay healthy? That's been a problem for him for a while. And what can Uh he really be coming off those two serious injuries back to back? I don't know. I have my doubts. Yeah, you you know, maybe it was just wrong, but. Well, hey, that's why I wanted to interview you, all right, about the receivers. I'm I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, give you my input here as we go along but yeah i don't know i haven't seen him yet you know obviously nobody has he looks pretty good running on the side but but in drills and running with you know live action so uh but i don't know to me coming back from those two serious injuries that's that's gonna be tough let's turn to the quarterback for a second right because that's a big one daniel jones last year he threw 15 touchdown passes you project a little bit of a spike here uh, up to 20 touchdowns 10 interceptions uh, four more rushing, 556 rushing yards. What, what, how did you get to 20 touchdown passes? And um, do you not see that potentially going up even higher? Because he is, if you think about it, he threw 24 touchdown passes as a rookie. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been in the right situation better with Waller and some of those other receivers. Do you think he can, is a guy who can get to that 25, maybe even 30 range? Is that, is that yeah. a ridiculous projection you think at this point? No, not at all. I actually have his rushing touch. No, I, I have his rushing touchdowns down a little bit, right? He had seven last drive and with four, right? So total right. change from 24. Uh, he, had 20, he had 22 of them up to 24. So a little bit of a step forward. Um, again, that number would be higher if I felt a little better about the wide receiver situation, which, by the way, might work out fine. I mean, if they, you know, Campbell is as good as he was last year and they hit on high and Hodgins, they, they get, you know, a healthy Wandale at some point. They, and not to mention Darren Waller, who we barely mentioned, right? They they could be fine. Don't worry. We'll get some. Yeah, we will. Uh, so, 
Yeah, there, there's definitely potential for more. The question with Jones really is, you know, who who is he? I mean, the Giants are dead last in passing touchdowns over the last three seasons um, after he had the 24 as a rookie. So, you know, is this a situation like Josh Allen, where remember Allen started out uh, in in this in this same scheme and uh, he, his passing numbers were not good, right? He just was doing it all with his legs and was kind of just staying on the field with that, even though he had poor passing efficiency. And then the passing started to come around and they started to throw the ball more and then he started to hit those big passing numbers. Well, I mean, Jones's passing efficiency, uh, at least completing the completing passes last year was pretty good. So he's already probably a little bit ahead of Allen in that department in this offense. So the question is just becomes, can he make that big leap, like the huge leap? And yeah. the Giants obviously yeah, paid him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. Jones, so it is obviously much different, but second year in the system. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Second year in the system and the supporting cast uh, will be better, you know, as as we'll get to. It's not just uh, it's not just the receivers. It's Saquon, it's Waller. It's, uh, you know, hopefully some progression along the offensive line. As that supporting cast gets better like it did around Allen, maybe Jones makes that leap in the passing category. So I have some optimism here, right? You know, you think about it from a fantasy perspective, yeah, he's basically being 30, 300 yards. Yeah, 20, 20 yeah exactly. So just, that's pretty good. That's not yeah, it's like a fringe, fringe starter in fantasy. Yeah, that's that's uh that's, that's some pretty good numbers. You had him as QB fourteen, which I which is you know top half of the league. I, he was probably a little higher last year for sure. I think this is the rushing numbers, uh, but uh, it's top half of the league guy now for forty million dollars. People might argue, you know, he needs to do better, but uh, a lot of that depends on whether he has a number one receiver. Right, you mentioned before. Josh Allen. Now we know Josh Allen made that huge leap year three. That also happened to the be the year that he got his primary target. And that for him was Steph Diggs. The Giants hope here is that Darren Waller is that for Daniel Jones. Now, maybe he, you know, it looks a little different, but where do you stand on Darren Waller at this point? I believe you had him as the, you know, your fourth tight end, having a hundred tar a hundred targets, sixty-seven catches. 817 yards and six touchdowns, which would be a pretty good season for a tight end, 817 and six, especially uh, I know he has a thousand yard seasons on his resume, but he also has the last two years of injury filled seasons. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, again, he's met, he's appeared in 20 games over the last two seasons out of a possible 34. So obviously that's been uh, problematic. Um, but, you know, again, he has that upside, right? He has, he has, t- he has tons of upside and, you know, I thought it was interesting. I think there was a report actually today, you know, we're recording this on what, on a Tuesday. Tuesday. And the report was like that Waller is the favorite to lead the Giants in targets this season. And I was like, uh, yeah, obviously. Like, who who else would be at this point? We, we don't even know who the number one or number two or number three wide receiver is. Uh, and as good as Saquon is, you know, he's should, he really shouldn't match uh, Waller in the target department with his rushing at 100 so. and by the way yeah we'll have 100 targets and the next guy is saquon at 70 uh 73 shepherd at 70 campbell 65 hodges 61 so yeah you know that's a, a pretty significant gap between you know waller and everybody else no doubt mm-hmm. yeah yeah and waller's you know when he has played when he was with uh the raiders he has always had big target shares right if he's healthy and on the field the target shares are there so, yeah, I think he'll be up there. He'll be one of the most heavily targeted tight ends in the NFL. A uh, part of that is his talent level. A part of that is just the deficiencies at a wide receiver right now. So, yeah, there's a reason they brought him in. He's going to be featured. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, that, that it'll be interesting to see how they use him because the early returns are, you know, 
He's going to be out wide at times. He's going to be all over the formation, not like your normal natural tight end. The question is, we haven't really seen Daniel Jones attack deep down the middle of the field very often. Is he willing to take those chances this year where that's where Darren Waller can do his damage and make those big plays? So uh, I think the Giants had only 28, 20 plus yards receptions last year. I'm a, somewhere right around that number, which was last in the NFL. So um, the big plays are going to be very important there for Waller. The other last thing on offense that kind of caught my eye is Saquon, 236 carries, uh, just 1,200 yards and eight TDs. Clearly not bad. Is that like sort of still very high on the running back list or is, is, is it significantly lower than he produced last year? Take me into why that would be such a significantly lower number for him uh, than it was last year. Yeah, so uh, that's still top five. Um, one of the tricky things with with running back projections, really projections across the board in the NFL, is uh, injury risk, right? So I kind of max out so at and max out at built in injury risk. Yeah, injury risk is that you yep. Okay. yep, three plus missed games for every running back, which you might think like that's ludicrous to do it that way. But when you really look at how few running backs uh, play in every game across two seasons, it's very low. Like Devin, Devin Singletary. And Najee Harris are the only running backs that are lead backs that have played in every game the last two seasons. It's, it's pretty much impossible to do. Um, and so that's why that's factored in. Uh, and often, you know, often Saquon did take- that last year, but uh, he obviously he didn't really play in week seven, uh, 18 in the 17th game. But yeah, that's a very yeah, in all 16 games. So that's also why yeah. his numbers were, you know, probably higher than the projection. Yeah, and the previous three years, how many games did he miss, right? So, I mean, it's just like, it's so hard to do it two years in a row. Um, and that's that's what it is. And and again, honestly, if the play, you know player props comes out and you compare, uh, like, let's just say I projected everyone at 16 or 17 games and you compare them to those lines that Vegas puts out, uh, you'll take the over on like 95%, right? That just shows you how, uh, how much injury risk they factor in. And they win money, right? That's their job to win money. So, the, you know, my projections will probably be more aligned with like 50-50 overs and under. So um, I've learned that in time. It's taken me some time. I've gotten more and more aggressive about taking uh, taking games away from players because that's really the way it has to be done. It seems like you do feel better about Barkley, though, this year than you did last year. And I assume that's because he stayed healthy. He's your RB4. <laughs> yeah. Eckler, McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, and then Saquon Barkley. So... Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's <laughs> Bank Barkley's an interesting one. I was really high on him two years ago. That went poorly last year. I was really low on him uh, after the da- after three bad years in a row, and I was too low. And now this year, I'm back on the on the bandwagon. So who knows? Maybe you want to fade me on on uh, Saquon. <laughs> no, one of these years you're gonna get it right. You just got you should just, <laughs> just maybe you just got to stick with one way or the other. You know what I mean? Yeah, must be it. Sorry. <laughs> Every other year for running backs, I guess, is probably not a bad idea either. <laughs> yeah. It's just that actually, yeah. Yeah. It is you're, just, you're right. You're right. It, that's why people get, especially in fantasy, people are so interested in like fresh legs. And that's why, because uh, you just don't really want to draft these guys at their ceiling. It's almost scary. I mean, think about how good Josh Jacobs was for the Raiders last year. Uh, you know, he had over 300 carries, and yeah. that's that's the red flag. I of really going into last year. I, I know I certainly wasn't. Yeah, actually, we, you know, that's one, you know, we, uh, I just made fun of myself for Barkley, so I'll, I'll pat myself on the back a little bit, I guess. Okay. Uh, Bar- Jacob, Jake's, Jacobs was so underrated. People were just buying all in on the 
the committee and that offense, and he got really cheap in fantasy. So I had him on a ton of teams last year, and that obviously worked out. But now I'm now I'm nervous about him just because he had too much of a workload, and that's uh, that's always scary for these guys. You know, I'm curious your thoughts on the Giants' brain trust, right? Because you said you mentioned you know coordinators, play callers that goes into it. Brian Dable, Mike Kafka, obviously last year, you know, made the most out of really what they had to work with. Uh, how impressed were you with them? And how much do they factor in as a positive to everything you did here with the Giants? Oh, definitely optimism. Uh, definitely. Uh, Kafka, you know, I like him a lot. Um, one of the few coaches I actually know. Uh, so that's that's a, uh, a, a rare occurrence. But um, yeah, it's, it's good to see him kind of working his way up the ladder from uh, where he was to where he is now. Former Eagles quarterback. So I've actually seen him play too back in the day. Uh, and then Dable, I mean, he did great things with Josh Allen and Buffalo. So uh, not surprised that he, he pushed this team forward last season. Uh, obviously, Wink Martindale on defense, they still have some work to do there. So we, we, you know, we haven't even gotten there yet, but uh, some of that was personnel. But, uh, you know, I, oddly, well, we'll get to defense in a minute. And I'll get into that. But, uh, yeah, just uh, obviously uh, pointing the right direction. I feel really good about what that staff did last year. You know, that was not a team on paper that looked like a playoff team, and they got them there. So if you can start out that way, you know, uh, the, 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 the sky is the, the limit for the future. Your defensive ranking of the team, you just brought it up, you wanted the defense, is actually lower than the offense, 22nd on the defense, 18th on the offense. What sticks out to you as a positive on the positive negative side from that group? Yeah, so I probably each unit's a little top heavy, right? Thibodeau at, at the edge, they bring in Okariki, which you like at linebacker, Adore's and uh, a good number one corner, Xavier McKinney. It's like a nice find at safety, but. Um, the depth there uh, is still a little bit concerning for me, kind of across the board as you compare them across the league to other other teams. But, you know, it's funny. <clears throat> One of the things I've actually been criticized the most for in my unit grades this offseason has been my ranking of the interior, right, which is number one. I think they have the best interior defensive line in the NFL. And the main reason for that is the one-two punch, Dexter Lawrence and uh, Leonard Williams. I mean, what... They're both elite. I think actually Leonard Williams, you know, just objectively speaking, you could look at, you know, rate stats, pass rush, win, worry, tackles, whatever it is you want to get into. But like if you're in the PFF grades, like like Lawrence was, or Leonard Williams was 21st in their grades last year. Dexter Lawrence was second. Only Chris Jones was graded better than him. He had a terrific year. And, yeah. you know, just having two, and we know how great Leonard Williams is, right? He's better than 21st. So, I mean, that's an elite one-two punch. And then uh, Ashawn Robinson, I think, was an underrated offseason ad as well. Nunez Roaches was brought in. So they, they added some decent depth and guys that are going to play a lot of snaps for them this year uh, behind an elite duo. So uh, I love that group. And I'm just kind of surprised by the pushback on that because I think it's it's pretty obviously an, an elite unit there. What's been the pushback? I'm curious. Like, what do people say? Like, what, what well, those should be higher? I think I, it was one of the things yeah. you saw, right? Yeah, well, the, the well, the Eagles one is ridiculous. That's another. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, th- I mean, I think it's everyone. I mean, you'll have like Niners, right? They have Armstead and Hargrave, which is terrific, but not the depth isn't as good there. Uh, you know, there's a couple other good ones. You know, Miami, Wa- Washington. That's a big one. Actually, speaking the, in the division, uh, Washington fans think Allen and Duran Payne should be number one, and and maybe you have a case. I mean, they're both good, but yeah, but I mean, you gotta you gotta go a little deeper, especially for three four fronts. I mean, the Giants are going to use a, a lot of these guys, and having no depth uh, after your top two guys is is concerning. But by the way, 
uh, speaking of the Eagles, I mean, look, I have the Eagles as the best team in the league on paper. And yes, I take I take hate for having their uh, interior defense like average because it is. They're unproven, right? Fletcher, Fletcher Cox is uh, really good, but he took a step back last season. And Jalen Carter is has never played down the NFL. And there's a, you know, and Jordan Davis barely played last year. He was yeah. kind of a non-factor most of the season. So uh, those guys have to prove themselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, and there's a lot of teams that have certified stars that want the one and two spots and sometimes three spots. So uh, there's a, a lot to be proven here from, from the Eagles group. Apparently a lot to be proven from the Giants to overall projected win 7.6. So that's that, that's that's regression. What what do you look at and say the primary reason for that is? Yeah, so I try not to get too caught up in like what the win total was the prior season, right? There's just too many variables and, and involved with that. Uh, some of it's just straight up luck. Some of it's catching the right team at the right time. Some of it's uh, strength of schedule. There's there's a whole bunch of... Uh, uh, different factors, but yeah, you know, if you talk about the Giants' favor last year, let's be honest. I mean, so I mean, I, I yeah, yeah, you basically have them in eight wins. I don't think that's a crazy number. That's actually the number I picked. So, yeah, there you go. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I great wild number, right? Uh, again, I grade the roster out as a little bit below average, and the schedule's a little tougher this year. So that kind of adds up to like a roughly a five hundred record. So. Um, you know, I think it's I think it's pretty clear that it's going to come down to Daniel Jones, right? Does he make a big leap as a passer? Uh, if he does, then they'll be better than this. If not, uh, they're not going to. You a man believer? What one of the tougher ones to answer? You know, I the reason that I lean towards no on the ceiling is because to your point, this is what year five now. Uh, that's tough. That's a tough pill to swallow. Like being lack. I know he's missed a little time, but. This team is dead last in passing touchdowns the last three seasons. Like that's that's tough. So, uh, but on the other hand, I, and I agree with you. Don't get yeah. me wrong; it makes it so tough. There, but there's factors that are involved there. His supporting cast, exactly. Line hasn't been great. Like so, which and and then the ironic part is he threw 24 touchdown passes in 12 starts. By the way, as a rookie. Yeah, so you're like, and that's what makes it tough. He is in there in him, but he needs the right situation. Does he have it? Is he going to? That's, really a, that's the question. We're still stuck yeah. in that. Yeah. Year five, we're still stuck making the same you know, uh, choice on whether Daniel Jones can get to that point. Can he ever be that 30-touchdown guy? Right. That, next yeah, level. I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, if they were able to like bring in DeAndre no. Hopkins, uh, I'm leaning you towards that? this year because they don't, they don't have – I mean – where is that improved supporting cash? You know, I'm not necessarily seeing that. I know Darren Waller's that's a nice ad, but he's another guy that's missed a lot of time as well. And he's in his thirties. I mean, this isn't, you know, like bringing in a Stefan Diggs in his prime, like they had for Josh Allen, not to mention the other players around him. So that's a concern. I, I just, I'm worried. It's just going to be all these guys missing time and injuries and coming off the ACL and not at a hundred percent. And that, that scares me. That scares me. Like how can you really make a leap as a passer? So if things break, right. Uh, with some of these guys, maybe, but uh, it's just tough to see with the current roster build. Fair enough. Let's end on this. Uh, the projections, which NFC East teams does it like? Is it heavy on? Yeah, well, I, I mentioned, I probably teased it before, Eagles start still loaded. You know, they had some losses on defense for sure. Uh, linebacker and safety are concerns, but they're still sack, stacked at all the key positions. Quarterback, obviously, with Hurts, O-line, edge rusher, corner, wide receiver, Mm-hmm. Those key spots are where they are strong. So I still think they have the best roster in the league. 
Uh, and I think Dallas is good, but Dallas is always good on paper. You know, they, this has been the case for years, and they can't get over the top. So we'll see. Uh, the they, they were actually a better roster for the same or worse than last. Um, I have them about the same. I think I had them about the same, or roughly, you know, like borderline top five last season. Uh, again, str- uh, strong at key positions, right? Quarterback, receiver, O line, edge rusher, corner. <laughs> you know, they're uh, very similar build to the Eagles. Um, so. Yeah, I think it's just going to come down to like a healthy Dak and also a Dak that's not turning the ball over like he did last season. But yeah. on paper, they're a, they're a good team. So yeah, I think it's I think it's Philly, then Dallas, the Giants, kind of mid pack, and then I I'm lower than most on Washington. I mean, I, it, that should be pretty obvious. You know, their concerns on the O line, and of course, a quarterback. It's you know they're they're it's basically a prayer. All that quarterback that it's a prayer. I cannot believe that was their plan this offseason, especially in a big year for Ron Rivera. They Maybe they just know something we don't about Howell. It wouldn't be the first time that something like that happened, but that's too much credit. How many times I do too? Losing, I do too. I'm not a big Ron Rivera fan. If you listen to this, I don't. I I don't get it. I'm just. I'm. He's had. He had a couple good years, and uh, the majority of his NFL coaching career has not been great. So yeah, it it is a bold move for sure, and uh, there's going to be some problems if Howell is a bust, uh, and and it's hard. You know, if he was if he was good enough to just, you know, we'll sign a, a veteran in Brissett and go into next season and, and be happy. If he was good enough that you feel that way, then why was he not playing last year when you had all them quarterback issues and you were trotting out Taylor Heineke and going back to Carson Wentz? You know, I I don't. It, you might say you needed development, but come on, like one game, one start, like <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense to me. So I'm with you. It's a it was a bizarre off season for Washington. Uh, a lot of people high in the Detroit Lions. Uh, maybe the the Dolphins have a pretty good route. Oh, yeah. Do a lot of damage. Who? What, what teams? Uh, are the projections? Maybe that people aren't thinking about really high on this year. I think the team that will catch your eye for sure, if you look at my grades and, and rankings, are the Dolphins for sure. I have them second, second best roster in the league. Uh, Tua was really good when he was healthy last season. Thank so you, best roster in the league. I don't think anybody. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're stacked. Yeah, uh, good roster. That's why I brought them up, and I didn't expect you to tell me they're number two. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, two was pretty good last year, but also defense is where it's at. I mean, lo- just loaded. Interior, defense, edge rusher, linebacker. You know, they bring in Jalen Ramsey, a corner to put with Howard. Safety, solid, good depth there. I mean, just uh, I don't know how you look at that defense and, and not say, wow, like they are just completely stacked. And this was their plan. Remember, they were one of those sort of uh, rebuilding teams a few years ago where they kind of threw players away. They trade, remember they traded Tunsil. They wanted to get all these assets and that you knew that it was going to take some time for them to develop. And they, then they spent all them early picks on defense and they're coming around now. As a, this is the year, which is, which is kind of why I don't think people realize because last year was kind of up and down defensively. They had problems in the secondary mm-hmm. and they, they had some games where they gave up really big numbers and it, it kind of distorted the stats. So I think people, don't look at them as, oh, that's a really strong defensive. Uh, yes. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they had some injuries. Remember, they didn't trade uh, to for uh, Bradley Chubb until midseason. They also didn't have David Long that they just brought in. Jalen Ramsey again uh, added uh, Deshaun Elliott at safety. And also, uh, how about that new defensive coordinator they have in place? Some guy named Vic Fangio. Pretty, oh, yeah. pretty darn good, right? So there's really a lot to like about uh, Miami. I think they're going to be a breakout team this year for sure. Um, and I, I'll throw... Uh, I mean, the AFC is loaded again. Just the AFC is ridiculous. But uh, Cleveland, I'll mention too. I mean, it'll come down to which Deshaun Watson we get, but uh, they're they're a really good team. But the question, you know, Cleveland could have a great year, be a top 10 team and miss the playoffs. That's how good 
Uh, the that's how good the AFC is. Well, that's the benefit the Giants have. They play in the A, uh, the NFC, which is not very good. I think, but the but pro- yeah. part of the problem is you mentioned the Dolphins being a really good roster. They play that AFC East, and between the Jets, the Dolphins, the Bills, mm-hmm. I mean, those are three really good teams. And then, especially rosters, and even the you know the Patriots is the worst team in the division. They're not a terrible team, right? Right. So, uh, that that makes the schedule a lot more difficult. Well, we appreciate it as always, Mike. Uh, we'll do it again. Let's book it next year, year four or five in a row, whatever it is. We'll uh, we'll we'll go over the Giants' projection, and maybe, maybe we'll, we'll since we're finally going in the right direction, we'll have them, uh, you know, as a nine, a nine or ten team, a team projected to have a winning record for the first time yeah. in you know our history between me and you here with. Yeah, that would that would be nice. Look, uh, you know, again, I, I grew up in Philly, so grew up an Eagles fan. But I, I had a Dave Brown poster hanging on my wall growing up too. Dave it took Brown. me a while. It did. I did. It took me a while to realize that well. I'll add the. How long did the Dave Brown jersey last on the door on the wall? Ah, man, that was my whole childhood, pretty much. Uh, probably till I went to college. I guess <laughs> it just was there. I still have it. I still have it. I long, it so. You didn't gotta pull the plug earlier. All right, we appreciate yeah. it. We got- Thanks to Mike Clay. Always enjoy talking to him. Let's wrap this episode up here. No Jordan on the beat this week. I really didn't have anything that uh, came to mind and that was relevant at this time. So we're going to pass on that. Remember, like, subscribe, tell your friends. Breaking Big Blue, best Giants podcast out there. You want the nuggets that you're not going to get anywhere else. This is the place to get them. Uh, Send your questions to me. You know where to find me. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook email. I'll do a big uh, Giants after dark after the final mini camp. So maybe the following week, not this upcoming week, next week, the week after that, as we head into the summer, I'll do a Giants after dark. Also, any suggestions for summer episodes? I'm always open. Please send them my way. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. I'm Jordan Ronan. See you next time.